This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Welcome, everybody. I have with me a very special guest this morning, Mary Beth Chapman. Hello. I have known Mary Beth for not long, but I feel like um, it's going to be a lifelong friendship, I hope. Um, She and her husband are the most wonderful people with incredible stories, not just one, but their whole life, um, I think, is a story and a testimony. So I'm so excited to get to share that with you today. Before we jump in, I am going to read a little bit about Mary Beth. Mary Beth Chapman is the co-founder and chairman of the Board of Show Hope a nationally recognized nonprofit in adoption advocacy and orphan care that she and her husband, Stephen Curtis Chapman, founded. She is a speaker and a New York Times bestselling author. Mary Beth, I know it's hard to hear yeah. your own. Your own. See, Stephen had to tell us that you wrote a book. I would never have known <laughs> yeah. this about you. Well, thank you for the kind words that you read. But yeah, it's, it's I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Yeah, but thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Well, I am thrilled, and I just, I feel like there's going to be so much that you can share with our listeners Mm. today about the unexpected places in your life and your story that that will give hope. Yeah. Well, Um, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and excited to chat with you. I actually get a lot of questions from my audience about how to deal with grief or loss. And so at some point, um, I know that you'll, you'll pull that out in your story too. So, yeah. So I know a lot of hope and good is going to come from this conversation. Well, great. I'm just going to throw it on over to you. All right. Well, I was born. (laughs) (laughs) How far back do you want me to start? I was born. You know, I can kind of start where Stephen and I met, which is, you know, unlikely an unlikely place. Yes. I think people who are familiar with our story, a lot of people know, my maiden name was Chapman. So there's that odd. Yes. And I always say, that's why our sons are so strange. No. <laughs> um, you know, I Stephen and I met at Anderson University. It's a small um, Christian college in North East um, Indiana. And, and neither of you are from Indiana. No, so. I am from Ohio, and he's my little country boy from Paducah, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And we shared a mailbox because our last names were the same, and that's the providence of God, I right? I love it. Um, God has a sense of humor, and <laughs> he literally says he picked up a piece of mail and was like, Mary Beth Chapman. Well, man, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be crazy if I met and married her? You know, just kind of that passing thought mm-hmm. and— there you go. We met early in my freshman year, his junior year of college. We were engaged six months later and married 13 months later. So from the time we met, we married in 13 months. So it was kind of fast and furious, and he was planning a move to Nashville. It was a little bit before the songwriting had started, and the reason he was in Anderson was this amazing guy named Bill Gaither. Many of you guys will know kind of um, wrapped his arms around Steve and was mm-hmm. helping him and kind of with his songwriting and mentoring him. And so it was the time to move to Nashville. He transferred to Belmont College and was part of the Belmont Reasons back in the day. <laughs> and I always say I went to work to support his habit. Yes. <laughs> the habit of songwriting. So I went to work at a hospital here in, in Nashville. Six months later, I was pregnant with our first little baby girl, Emily. Even in Stephen and I coming together, it was a really unique situation in that I had, I had, I had given my life to the Lord when I was five years old and knew I wanted to follow him. But as life happens, you know, crazy things happen. And I was in a place when I got to college where I had kind of recommitted my life to the Lord. A lot of crazy things had happened. And so Stephen and I kind of entered our marriage with kind of a newfound commitment to really want to raise our kids, you know, in a way that not only led them to Jesus, but where we could just really wrap our arms around them and and live authentically and honestly with our story Mm -hmm. with them. So anyways, that's where it started. I don't know where you want to go from there. Well, I will say that I'm I'm reading your book. I have not finished because I fall asleep when I get still these days. And you're just a little busy these days. (laughs) I have a six-week-old at home, so I'm I'm still a little in the foggy phase. But um, one of my favorite parts is that you say in your book that you would have been happy to marry an accountant, someone who is stable, 
simple. That's right. And structured. Mm-hmm. And I laugh at this because in in my own you know life, I was like, I'm going to marry someone, and we're going to live in my small oh. town with a white picket fence, and everything's going to be a nice white and orderly. Fence was said multiple times yes. in my in my head. You and, know, yeah. And then bebops along this you know singer songwriter creative artist person, and it's the last thing that they is definitely don't have stable. Fences around them. They're not stable, and they don't have fences. <laughs> That's right. And so I just thought that that was it's so funny the way that God yeah. um, He knows what we need, and He knows the people that will pull out yeah. the best in us. Because now I think back, and I'm like, man, how boring would that have been? Right. I think you know, you know, when we grow up a certain way, my, you know, my daddy worked for International Harvester 30 years. You know, it was went to work, came home, went to work, came mm-hmm. home, and super stable. We didn't know what we didn't have. We had, I had a great life growing up, but it it was the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to the same school, kindergarten through eighth grade. Then I went to the high school, eighth grade through 12th. My parents are still in the home that I was 10 months old mm-hmm. when they moved there. And so stable, That's right. same, never rocking know, the boat. Never rocking the boat. It was just, that's what I just envisioned. And I thought, well, the safest would be, kind of, you know, accountant sounds, you know, two weeks off for vacation, busy at tax time, <laughs> you know, all the things. Yes. And it's just like, you know, I always used to, you know, Chelsea was like, that was kind of my idea of tall, dark, and handsome was the stable accountant. And he's like, oh, you got short, blonde, and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're, but you're so handsome. So yes. handsome. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the parallels are striking with yeah. our story because yeah. I was just like, this is not what I had lined up, God. And yep. and God just laughs at our plans, doesn't yes, he? Yes, yes. He's like, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what here's what you th- you think you need this, but here's what you actually need. That's right. So, well, yeah. and and jumping off from there, I will say I I have gone through the part and in your story where your dog ate your birth control pills. That's how we. Ended up. That's exactly <laughs> and right. And you missed one pill. One. And also, we were young when we got married. Sure. I had, I was um uh, nineteen, and he was twenty. You know, life starts. We moved to Nashville. And I turned 20 shortly after, but um, so six months into our, our marriage, yes. Well, we thought, well, we'll get a puppy and see if we can raise a puppy. <laughs> well, we'll do that before, you know, like see if we can raise something. And um, I was working. He was at, at in school, and um, I wasn't feeling well. And my mom kept telling me, I think you're pregnant. And I'm like, I can't be pregnant. I'm on the pill. Well, yes, the puppy had gotten in my purse, ate my birth control. I missed, y'all, one <laughs> pill. And that is Emily. disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> if you think that that's not going to matter, it does. I don't know. In 2023, maybe they fixed that. But <laughs> <laughs> back in uh, 1985, it was, yeah, it happened. And that's Emily Elizabeth and the one of the biggest joys of my life. Oh, man. And God, so, again, yeah. we make our plans. God directs our steps. That's right. And even in literal puppies eating birth control pills, God knew what we needed when we needed her. That's and right. Totally I, unexpected. Totally unexpected. Ended up having a C-section, which I was actually ended up grateful for because I got to stay in the hospital five days because I'm looking yes. at them going, you're letting me leave with this tiny human? Yes. I'm, now I just turned 21 and I'm like... Uh, I don't know what I'm what doing, to do. what I'm doing. Stephen and I just, I can still remember the look on our faces when they were like, okay, you can go now. I'm like, I don't want no. to. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? But God knew exactly what we needed. And it was that I beautiful that. soul of a now, I'll tell on myself, but now 37-year-old, 37-year-old wow. beautiful woman. So. Wow. I love that. Well, and Shay and I have looked at each other this week talking about Asher, and he was he was our unexpected. But I said, man, he grew us up, you yeah, know, like real quick. He, yeah. he, he God knew what we needed and when we needed it, and yeah. as unexpected as that was, yeah. I mean, it's like life really started. Yeah. Then, if that yeah. makes sense, you never knew how tired and how selfless you could be until mm-hmm. God gives you a child. That's and right. Then, and then it's just beautiful, though. It's a beautiful giving of yourself to a little person and and huge responsibility and, and also um, drives you to your knees and definitely reminds right. you of your huge need of, of grace and God's wisdom and mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. yeah. How, well, how did you manage um, a newborn and, and newly married life? I, I've 
we did the same thing, and it was it was really hard. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no. Um. Well, you probably you know you're not finished with my book, but you probably got to the chapter Prozac is my friend. Yes. <laughs> I, think it's, I think that's the name of this chapter. So that was the that was the uh, uh, quote unquote drug of choice at the time. You know, I because of a lot of things that had happened in my past, um, Stephen and I pretty much on our drive home from the honeymoon realized, hmm. This is going to be a long life and mm-hmm. a long marriage, and I love you, but we're going we're going to need to work through some stuff. And so, pretty quick out of the gate, I think it was the wisdom of a lot of people walking with us, and the Lord prompting us to pretty much realize we're going to need some counseling and some work. And I needed to do some work on some things that I hadn't even realized mm-hmm. that were kind of bubbling under the surface. And when Emily came, his career was just kind of at that. She was born in 1986. His first record was supposed to come out. She was born in February, and his first record was supposed to come out in May, and we had our apartment burned, and she was six weeks old. I'd had a C-section, and we pretty much lost everything Mm -hmm. we had except each other, which is what was important. Right. We moved in with friends. The record got delayed. And of course, again, God knows exactly what you need. And even in those hard things, we look back now and go, gosh, you wish you could play um, It's a Wonderful Life and Mm -hmm. go, what would have happened if the record came out in 86, not 87? Because, you know, you look back on a longevity of career, you know, and even in those things, you know, God's, God knew, you know, just here is the, here's the path. And at the time, you know, we're like, uh, we don't know where the next meal's coming. We don't even know where we're going to live, right. let alone, you know, and so just really trusting the Lord. But like in the midst of all that, him trying to kind of get started, he was pretty established as a songwriter, but really felt like the Lord was giving him songs, his own songs to sing. To and sing. and um, and so, you know, that was hard, that struggle there. And then, and then we miscarried um, oh. in between Sweet Emily and Caleb. But then again, you make your plans, God directs your step. And so um, we ended up in this little house in Laverne, and um, he was in Ohio doing a concert. And um, we were back then, you did, you could do ovulation predicting kits. Okay. Uh, you, know, you could predict when you're yes. going to ovulate. I mean, he's in Ohio. I call him, I'm like, you could. You gotta come home. <laughs> yeah, like you got, you got like a seventy-two hour window. You gotta come home. But then that was our sweet little Caleb, and so he was kind of overplanned, you know. And yes. so sweet Caleb came along, and then we were great. Um, girl, boy, you know, we thought this this will be great. Family of four, and everything. You know, he was getting busier and busier and busier. And um, Caleb was five months old, and I found out I was pregnant with Will. And um, that was probably life's biggest surprise. I was at Chuck E. Cheese, and I did a (laughs) pregnancy test at Chuck E. Cheese. There you go. There's (laughs) Mary Beth. I'm like, hey, no time like the present. No, we were actually meeting my brother and um, Steve's brother at Chuck E. Cheese to celebrate them both being pregnant. His brother was having a hard time getting pregnant. They were pregnant with their first. My brother had announced they were pregnant with their third, and I wasn't feeling well. And I'm like, I'm just going to—you know what? Might as well. And so I go in and do this pregnancy test, and and I sat there for a while. And wow. I feel really bad saying that because all life is precious, and all life is just to be celebrated. But it did rock me on my heels sure. for a little bit, and I, I walked out. And um, I was walking towards Stephen, and he saw, he could tell, he knew. And I'm walking toward him, and this had never happened before. And a lady stepped between us, and I was prepared for her to go because I heard the, aren't you? And I'm like, here it comes, aren't you Stephen Curtis Chapman? And she goes, aren't you Mary Beth Chapman? I think you worked with my sister at Friendly's Ice Cream in Ohio. And I'm like, I did. I know her. <laughs> you know, she said her name. And then, you know, I'm a little tears trickling down. And I remember looking at this lady saying, I'm so sorry. I just now found out I'm pregnant and I haven't had time to talk to Stephen. <laughs> Lady's looking at me like I'm crazy, which oh, I kind of was. And um, she just kind of walked away. That's the announcement of Will. But I say all that to say during all that, the Lord was really working and we were in counseling and I was in a lot of counseling and just really discovering, you know, I had never really heard the term clinical depression. Mm-hmm. I had not I didn't even know, you know, and Mm so in doing a lot of hard work, you know, it was determined that I was clinically depressed and was like, oh, that makes total sense. And so, you know, that was right around the time we moved into a house. I had given birth to Will. I had gallbladder attack and had to have my gallbladder taken out. And he's at the Great Adventure, which is like just 
right. you know, propelling to the top of everything. It was just kind of like the breakout moment. Mm-hmm. And, and you're and at home, home with kids. I'm at home with a four-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. Pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, this isn't the great adventures. <laughs> this stinks. You know, and it's hard. And I, my mama came, you know, praise the Lord for sweet mamas that'll come and spend some time with you. But, um, but it's it was a lot. It was a lot. And so the question going back to how'd you handle it, uh, there's times I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And um and my sweet children could write chapters and chapters and um I think all these years later, Caleb was asked, um, so Emily's thirty seven, Caleb's thirty three, Will's thirty two, and you know, have their lives going and Caleb was asked recently to to write a blog about his parents and their parenting and I'm like Oh, but we're not oh, dead no. yet. Don't, don't don't write that until don't write that till we're gone. And but it was the sweetest thing because he just said, you know, you never know someone's story, but my parents have have um hobbled well, you know. And so there were times that we were hobbling in and even in the highest of highs mm-hmm. that what the world says is, hey, this is to be celebrated and this and this and this. You know, there's there's hard stuff going on and you know, and you just trust the Lord with everything you have and take the next step. And Stephen and I are both stubborn enough to go we're going to see this thing through. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I'm jumping kind of all around, but to to reflect back on our life, it wasn't really until our first grandbaby was born, Eileen, who is now almost 12 years old. She was born in Ireland. And um, we stood, and I think this would be for for anyone listening, we stood at her little crib. We we, um, I helped Emily decorate a literally a closet, like just a little square space in Ireland, just big enough for a little crib and, and a chair. And that was it. And um, we stood at our first grandbaby's crib and just went, this, this is what all of the battle was That's for. Cool. Because we both can stand here. Mm-hmm. We can hold each other's hand. We can look at that little girl and be here together. And, and we're doing it. And it's not always been easy, but it's the... It was just, you know, kind of in that moment that was like, okay, the enemy seeks to devour and destroy. And um, we are going to continue to do anything and everything to push back to darkness. And I mean, and as you know, our story, he has thrown a lot lot, at us. A lot. Well, and I think it's going back really quickly. I think it's really important for everyone to know that. Life isn't just a pretty painted picture, and people know that, but Mm -hmm. I think from the outside, especially if you're looking at an artist or a celebrity or something, it it looks so glamorous, and life must be easy and effortless for them, and and there's this whole backstory, you know, there's a whole behind the scenes that people don't know about unless we are vulnerable enough to say, no, no, like no one is exempt, but for the grace of God. That's right. So important that especially women share in some of these struggles, because I know I had postpartum the whole first year and I I was never diagnosed, but I didn't leave the house. I didn't have it. Dr. Shea was gone 300 shows that year and I had a newborn and a C-section and no family. And um, and 10 would, p.m. You're crying, and, and I would you're I would really just lonely. lay in the floor. Yeah. I just I just laid there. That's just real. It is real. It's just real. And and you cling on to God, and you do the best you can. Yeah, and sometimes you're having fists at God, going, "That's Fix right. This or why is this or you know this what isn't is this? What this I isn't what I for. signed up for. And this isn't fun. And this is hard. And I'm hurting. And I don't even know how to articulate what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And and I can't imagine what it's like being you. I mean, that's even a, (laughs) it's a whole nother uh, level, you know, and, and you go, you just sometimes feel like you can't be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, that's a whole nother level of pressure that can sometimes cause you to spiral even further down. Cause it's like, you gotta be on, you have to look a certain way, be a certain way, say a certain thing. And we're human, we're We're human, human. we're Mm -hmm. human. And, um, but at and the end of the day, isn't that? I mean, children tend my children anchor me more than anything else. That's right. I mean, God, well, children can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, they literally anchor you. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going anywhere for the next eighteen yes. years. I, we're yeah. going to the game tonight. Yeah. And I said yeah, yeah, I have yeah. a three-hour window yeah, before I need window. to pump. <laughs> That's right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. But but no. Going going back to that. That 
in all of the madness of this life that we didn't necessarily choose, but we chose the men, you know, we chose those people to do life with um, babies and, and parenting and stewarding those lives to know God and to love God and to seek after God on their own. It's more um, anchoring, for yes. for lack of a better word, than, sure. than anything I could think of. Um, and even this week, Shay and I looked at each other, and we're kind of going through it. Asher's six, and it's just a lot of change in his little mm-hmm. in his little world. And I mean, we've both been teary eyed, and as we're you know we feel like we're in a battle right now in a lot of areas. And I said. It's because that little boy is going to go and he's going to change the world. That's right. And That's he's right. going to do great things for God and That's right. give God the glory for it. And we're going to fight now. That's right. So he can do that. That's right. And you have to, to the reality is, you know, we, Stephen and I pray all the time. Every night we're praying over our grandchildren, over our children, because the enemy does seek to destroy and mm-hmm. he will, he will throw darts and arrows or whatever, but there is, there is an unseen battle going right. on and we have the privilege of, of fighting for our children and, and what you feel is real, you know, the, and, but we also know how the story ends That's and right. these are going to be little, your little boys are going to be mighty warriors. That's and, right. and unfortunately it's going to, you know, it's going to be come hard. It's going to come at a cost and it's going to be hard and battling for their little souls and in, in what, you feel is the right way to parent and the right, and, and it's hard in 2023 too. It's just hard. Like you don't know who's, who thinks what about right. all kinds of issues. Right. It's and like then walking on eggshells. It's walking on eggshells around everyone. And it's like, you don't have to please anyone, but you have, but the Lord, right. That's right. It's like, okay, I'm only in charge of these three humans That's until right. you have a fourth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, you know, whatever. Yes. And, you know, and so God, what, what do what do you want me and Stephen to feed in to right. these children? What is it that you want us to, you know, That's right. do not do? You know, and we're and you listen. My kids can they can write the book on what we did wrong, and there's so much grace and forgiveness, and um, I think they saw us as hobbling well, but but knew we were also human. Mm. Um, I the greatest privilege in my life was getting to parent those six little people. However, I also have as a, as a now 57, oh no, I'm 58, 58 year old woman, mom, grandmother have had to ask for a lot of grace and a lot of forgiveness. And, and praise the Lord, I've got children who will look at me and go, but mom, that's who God made me to be exactly who I am wow. and even used your brokenness to get me here. And I, I've always said, you know, Emily's the way Emily is because she's firstborn. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain, that's right. you know, unique qualities about that. And then Caleb is the way Caleb is. He's my little <laughs> middle child. And, you know, and then, and then Will, wild, wild man. And then of course, God had this beautiful thing called adoption that we didn't see coming. And, you know, that was nine years later, we get yeah. to have this whole other little set of we'll, people who we'll were go just on beautiful. And, yeah. And share this part of your story. Yeah. So, so Will was nine and Emily, our oldest, was went on a massive campaign. Uh, just we, she and I took a trip to Haiti. And long story short, God just moved in her heart today now even she she works in advocacy and adoption work and so she does beautiful work on the government level on show hope level you know advocating for these little people but at 11 years old she thought it was the best idea for us that we had room at our table and there was no reason that we shouldn't adopt and um we used to tell her that was an awesome plan for her that god would you know that she should pray that maybe someday god would have that plan for her but again as god would have it we make our plans he directs <laughs> our steps we agreed to start praying about it and if you don't think an 11 year old can ha- get a message from Come god on. i mean we brought scotty our pastor to our house and said you need to sit with her and tell her that she's 10 and 11 and when this was all going on and that uh uh-uh. uh but yet we also don't want it to crush her faith right. and what she feels like the Lord's laid on her on her heart. But we did agree that we would start praying about it and that we would ask God that we would begin to take steps. And if God had this for our family, that 
that we would step in this direction. And I could sit here and probably talk the next 20 hours on all the crazy things God did. But to fast forward, it wound us up in 2000, adopting our first of three beautiful daughters from China, Mm -hmm. Shohanna Hope Chapman came home in 2000. And in in 2003, Stevie Joy came home. And then in 2004, our sweet Maria came home. And as God was kind of calling us into this beautiful, hard, glorious, difficult world of adoption, I never thought it would, you know, be more than one child. And then I knew in China, God just, it's just a crazy God story. I knew that God I knew that Shoei would have a sister. And then when Maria came home, that's a whole nother thing. God, Stephen was in China and God did this thing in his heart. And so it was this beautiful story and, and, and hard and difficult. And that, that propelled us then to found Show Hope in 2003, officially Show Hope um, became, this is our 20th year. I can't, I can't believe it. But, but through all that, um, our, yeah, our family went from three to six and just adoption and just our eyes opened up to the world, world, you know, the need globally right. um, for children who need families, but even here um, locally. And, and we do a lot of work with foster care and stuff like that. But all of that to say is is we would have never in a million years saw that coming. But again, God just had this story. And again, from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people can go, you know, pat on the back, look what they did, you know, da da da. Well, it's it was hard, mm-hmm. and it and it was, and and yet that's what God called us to. Not right. that God calls anybody else. You know, just we just were really trying to. You listen God, for his yeah, voice. right. And and there were and it's been days and nights where it's been hard. Um, the enemy again is is you know pushing back and and again a lot of people know our story and it's been really hard, especially me with the with the journey of mental health and the depression and that was a lot to have anyways. And then in two thousand and eight, when um, when Maria went home to be with Jesus. I mean, you want to talk about that, that stake in the ground of when the enemy did come to seek, he was Roman to devour. I think he just, we had several people speaking into our lives at the time that was like, it was just like he thought, this is the fatal blow. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wreck the whole, the whole family. And, and you can only imagine the battle that began and um, for our children, for our family, for our marriage, for Stephen's platform, for the work of Show Hope, for all of it. Like it was just, it was if someone dropped an atomic bomb on our, on our family and we had to really just had to make a decision and it was, it was okay. Okay. We are not going to allow Satan to win, we're not. Mm. And it's been almost 15 years and it's still a battle. And I still have my fist clenched, wailing and angry at God on any given day. And I have my hands raised in praise going, we're together and my my son is healthy and whole. And yeah, we all walk with a limp and holes, you know, we, we, we say we have a a hole in our heart, the the shape of Maria. I mean, mm. that that'll never not be there. And yes, there's days where I'm like, God, really, really, that's the story. And then there's days it's like, really, God, that's the story because I see redemption. And yeah. we talked a little bit about sweet Jillian before we went on air. Jillian is Will's wife, and and we, the prayers that were prayed for Will Franklin and 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 all during the time of us losing Maria you know, we, that was years and years and years, and we didn't know Jill at the time. And so when we, when we say that she was one of the biggest answers in the way that she's loved him and held him and carried him in his story, it's Mm. just beautiful. And, and I say that, you know, I'm always tentative the way I say, obviously, I would trade everything to have Maria back, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're human. And that's the only way I can say that. That's right. But I can't, I cannot sit here with having it had happened and not say, we have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we have seen, we can look back and in the 15 years now, again, I would not want to walk through that. And I would, again, rather have not, 
But looking back, we see time and time again how God carried Emily, how God carried Caleb, how God wrapped his arms around Will and kept him in, in sweet Joey and Stevie. Now, that doesn't mean it came with a big bow. I mean, we're, we met trauma therapists and counselors, and we met people we never wanted. We never wanted to meet nor intended to meet, but people that came into our lives who have just loved us and helped us and, you know, fought for us and people prayed for us. On any given day, Will Franklin for sure was the most prayed for young man in the whole entire world. Our family, we meet people all the time still that um, have prayed for us and held us. And it's just a beautiful story of how the power of prayer and God's people can hold each other, you know, when the worst, when the worst happens. We have been privileged, and I say that in all trepidation and carefulness to go. We've been privileged to see God just redeem and restore through one of the most, I can't think of anything, anything that would worse. be much worse. And um, and again, you know, I wish with all the wish of being a mom of my children that that wasn't the story and it wasn't the story that Will carries, but he is a beautiful soul and has been able to, he and Caleb do they have a rock band. They think they're pretty cool. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're pretty cool. No, they are two of the most humble humans that you'll ever meet. But um, but he's had a beautiful opportunity to share with the unlikeliest people that Stephen would never be able to talk to or I would never be able to talk to. And mm-hmm. so it's just beautiful how God just creates and 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 opportunity for us to to share brokenness mm-hmm. with people who think they're the only ones broken. That's right. And um and and offer that cup of cool water and offer some hope because I don't know that there's anybody that's railed against God more than me and he just keeps right on loving me He'll and just reminding me and saying, It's okay. You're you were a mama and I understand and um but it's okay. And I, I think love you. That I can handle your anger is important too for people to hear because God gave us emotions and we were formed in his image and, and we can feel all those things and he can take it. And he can take it. He can take it. For sure. And he has for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hi everybody. Springtime has finally rolled around and it is bringing Easter right along with it. It is pretty easy to make things sweet and fun when you stock up on candy and do all of the Easter egg hunts. Maybe even find a special dress or a snazzy bow tie. But making the season meaningful doesn't come with a checklist. So how do you focus your family on Jesus this season, even after Easter? You can start with help from Talk About, new from Awana. Every week, the team at TalkAbout sends out an email chock full of helpful, relatable content, study guides, ideas to help your kids dig deeper, and outside-of-the-box creative activities, even a Spotify playlist to keep you centered while you work, play, drive, whatever you're doing. Visit TalkAboutDiscipleship.com and subscribe with code HANNAH to get your first month of family faith content for free. That's TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. What advice would you give to any parent or person going through such loss or some form of grief? I'm I'm usually pretty careful because grief, loss, story Mm. is so unique to the person. And what what may be great for one might not be for somebody else. Right. What really was helpful for me were people that would come and just sit in the really awkward silence of me not even able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a long time to be able to even put words around what happened. And I remember one of the first people that came to our house was a dear friend who was in Bible study or uh, fellowship group with us at the time. And a few years before our accident, their daughter um, was killed in a car accident. And she just would come and sit. And 
I mean, we're talking hours, like just sit. Yeah. And um, I know that's pretty simple, but just it's just there. not being alone and, you know, and and just being available and giving someone permission to just not be okay, to yeah. not be okay. Because again, going back to you and me and the life that, you know, God called us to is we are in, we kind of are in front of people and it's just like, you feel like you're being looked at, like, are they okay? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not be okay, yeah. you know. And it's, you know, I told Steve during during those early years, I wanted to wear a sign that's like, I'm not okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm not okay. So don't even have to wonder if I am. I'm just not, you know, and it's going to be a long time before I am. I think just, I know that that is super simple, but just being, just, and if you know you're that person, I mean, you know, you have it's kind of the realms, right? It's like if you see, hey, I'm I'm not so close into that person, but you can love on the person that is loving on that person. Like right. there's like, you know, it's like how can I make it easy for the person who does need to move in? And, you know, just we saw that in a beautiful, beautiful way. It's like, you know, you've got your posse mm-hmm. and then you got the, you know, people who are like trying to serve the posse right. and then people are serving the people who are ser- serving the posse. I mean, we just, people showed up, keep showing up because sometimes yeah. there's a day where you wake up and everybody's and it's and it's good and right and true. Everybody gets back to normal, but you're not normal anymore. Right. Your your axis, your planet, everything has shifted. Changed forever. And you're walking with a limp. You're never not gonna walk with a limp. And that's okay. I mean, that's the story God gave you. But you know, also I try to be very aware if I know that someone has walked through something really difficult and it's kinda Oh, it's kind of settled down. It's kind of back to normal. That's a normal thing. It's going to happen. But I, I try to just be mindful of the fact that they're they're still, right. they're still they will forever be going through it. That's so right. just being mindful of all of that. What would you say? Because in my mind, I feel like this would it would be a pivotal moment for my faith to either walk away, you know, in that hurt and anger, mm-hmm. or turn in. Did you have to sit in that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's a verb. I think I'm sitting in mm-hmm. that, you know. I think I think that's a that's an action that it's a choice. And I don't think it's a one time choice. With my journey through depression and stuff, you talk about battling to even get out of bed. There were yeah. days I didn't. There were days that it was just like, I'm just gonna let the darkness go. I'm just I'm done. You know what? It's all the stuff. It's like really you know, Stephen's chosen, you know, he's decided to do this and he's given his life to ministry. And it's, you know, he cares so much about people and wanting them to know the bargaining you start doing. It's like, and this is what, this is what happens. Like, this is what you do. Like the next day it's, you know what, I'm still here and I still love you. And yeah, so sitting in that and still sitting in that, there are days, no, I made a decision. I talk a lot about, I went on a free fall of faith and I kind of face planted. <laughs> I kind of face planted right back, you know, face planted on the rock, which is Jesus. And I know that sounds very, very Christian, but I gave my life to the Lord when I was five years old. And there's been a lot of times where I've kind of gone on a journey, right? Sure. Well, this one, it was like, okay, I'm either going to make a decision now and hold on to it and know so that when I get to the place where I'm questioning it again, okay, wait. I landed. God was still there. He's not forgotten me. He's not forsaken me. Jesus wins in the end. Love wins in the end. And so I have to remember that. But there are still days that, you know, um, everyone always asks me, what do you listen to in the car? This is telling on myself. It's usually deathly quiet because it's when I think Uh and pray and ask God all the questions I need to ask him. I listen to a lot of country music. Me and Stevie Joy, we're we're like, have you heard this one? Have you heard this one? Um, that is so and funny. Um, and Stephen Chris Chapman. No, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. No, we love us some CCM too. But it's when I get my, you know, and acting like I'm all 18 again. But I talk to God a lot in the car, mm-hmm. and and He just reminds me. It's like, hey, you know, I, I still go. Really? Are you really there? Are you really? Because I'm I'm still fighting this anger. And he just reminds me, remember yeah. when you 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 made a decision. I'm right here. I'm right here. I had to sit in it. Sometimes I still sit in it. I just made a decision that no matter how hard and no matter how many questions, 
I'm deciding. I, I've decided I land on it's all true. It's either all yeah. true or it's all not. Right. I'm not going to, I don't want to be on the side of it's not true, right? It's so it's all true. It's all true. And, and Jesus has shown us that. And that's hard to say on any given day, but it's all true. It's all true. And I mean, I know that this is just like skimming the surface mm-hmm. of right, your life. Right. It's like, uh, it's, yes, it's <laughs> I hard. I like I've been like, yeah. It's hard to like give a cliff notes of your yeah. whole life in one sitting. But I know f- from the times that I've, you know, talked with you that God's goodness has showed up over and over mm-hmm. again. And even in your book, you tell stories of like his provision yes. just down to the dollar, yeah, you know? Down to the dollar. Um, would you care sharing the story about the um, flower petal? And the name of your book? Yeah. Okay. So the name of the book is Choosing to See. And it was pretty easy to name the book. When Maria passed, we didn't come home. You know, she passed away at our house. And so we didn't come home for, it was two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. We went and stayed with Julia's mom and dad, our daughter-in-law, who are are just dear, dear friends. But we did have to come home briefly to, to grab things for the memorial service. And and we we walked into our house. Maria and Stevie Joy loved art. They were um, Maria had just turned five a few days before Stevie Joy was already five. They were just seven months apart, mm-hmm. and so they had these art tables in our kitchen, and they would glue and tape and glitter. You know, you have a six year old, <laughs> so you know how you know that goes. And so when we came back to the house, Stephen walked over to uh, Maria's art table, and he noticed that there was a paper on the table and. And there was a flower drawn. Maria had drawn this flower, and I'd never really seen her draw this flower before, so it was just new. It was this flower, and it was six petals, and one of the petals was colored in blue. He saw something kind of bleeding through the back of the paper, and he flipped it over. The word C, S-E-E, was just written in her handwriting. And I had never seen her. I've I've seen her write Maria. I had seen her write Mom, Dad, and I love Mom or I love Dad. Yes. I've never had not seen any other word written by her. And so I, we can only assume they were learning sight words uh-huh. um, at, at school. And so she had flipped that over, and the word C was there with a little orange butterfly, butterfly drawn above it. I am a firm believer in tangible evidence, tangible, we call we called them gracelets, you know, from the Lord. And Stephen just picked that up. And that's why we have it tattooed. All of us have it tattooed one way or the other on us of Psalms 34, 8, taste and see that yes. the Lord is good. And we have six children and one leaf was co- colored in that, that mm-hmm. six petal flower. And so Stephen was like, it's almost like she had this sense, like her petals colored in, she's finished. And we still wow. have these five beautiful petals that we're responsible for here while we are here temporary. And eventually all those petals will get colored in. And so we really took that as as a tangible, like she was talking to us, see, yes. you need to see that I'm okay. You need to see, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God will heal you. God will continue to heal you until you can see me again. And we have held on to that. Stephen's got it tattooed on his arm just like she drew it. So it looks like she's just taking a Sharpie to him and, and, and drew it on his arm. It was so, so real in that moment. And so we've really held on to that. And so that's why my book is called Choosing to See because we just, that's the decision we made. That's choosing beautiful. to see the Lord in the land of the living. Yes. And um, and so that's that's the story. That, that little booger drew, so, drew us so that flower. Beautiful. Yeah. A prayer that I pray often is, God, give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to recognize yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and it, s- sometimes I, I think it takes that um, that asking and that choosing to see God. Right. Because God's all around. Oh, um, no doubt. I mean, just Maria on February 20th, just a few months before the accident, she she was in the—and Maria was high energy, high energy. She, she was <laughs> I know a, about she that. A, ooh. <laughs> And um, so she was getting her shoes and socks on for Mother's Day out that morning, one morning, February, what well, was February 20th. And she, they were learning the song um, Big, Big House by Audio Adrenaline. Big, big house with lots of, <laughs> yeah. And so she was singing it and she stopped and she goes, Mom, does God really have a big house? And I'm like, he does, a big one. And, and she loved to eat anything. And and she goes, does he really have lots and lots of food? And I'm like, yep, you would just <laughs> not believe how big his table is. And he's like, she's like, well, I want to go. I want to go there. 
And this was just a few months. I mean, she's five years old, right? right? And so, again, I uh, I said, well, okay. I didn't want to, like, screw up the sinner's prayer. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to go get your dad and make sure, <laughs> make, sure, make sure we do this right. Oh, whatever. You know, that's just my legalism in my in my head. And so I run and get Steve. I'm like, hey, Marie is just, she's asking some pretty, you know, pretty big questions for a five-year-old. And so he comes back in and he said, you know, it's really, really easy to go to God's big, big house. You know, someday when it's time for you to go, you can go. All you have to do is ask Jesus to come live in your heart forever. And she goes, well, I want to do that. Yeah. And we had at the time the house had this big opening in the kitchen and and it was like open to our family room and so there was a couch in front of the opening that you couldn't see because mm-hmm. it was like down below the sink level or whatever. Well, Stevie Joy popped up through that hole and she goes, "Well, if she's going, I'm going too." <laughs> and so and I, so both of them sat there right before Mother's Day out on February 20th oh and then prayed a very simple prayer that Jesus would come live in their heart and be the Lord of their life. And Steve led them in this sweetest simple prayer. And how, right, like who knew right. that just a few months later that Maria, and again, she was our covenant child. I know where Maria's at. I would have known without that prayer right. where Maria was at. But that the Lord gave us that, the, that, that memory, you know, of laughing and joyfulness and talking about God's big, big house and, and her just praying a simple prayer that Jesus would come into your heart. Like for us to have that, what, I mean, a gift. what a gift, what a gift. God, that is the, choose to see it, choose to see that God all along had this story written. Again, we don't have to like all the parts of the story, but we right. do have to trust all the parts of the story. That's right. And I think that's really hard. It's easy when everything seems to be going well, but boy, when, when the left turn happens and you got to go, okay, God, and I still trust you. I still trust mm-hmm. you. I spent a lot of time reading Job and he still trusted God. He still trusted God. You know, though you slay me, still I will trust you. That's right. And and that's really where our family chose to walk. We chose to see and, you know, just chose to continue to learn, you know, what the, the, what the Lord would have for us. And, you know, my biggest blessing in all of life is that, you know, we're together, 38 years married, six children, six grandchildren, and, you know, just, you know, a beautiful, hard, glorious, complicated, you know, but but standing on the the foundation of, of Jesus. And, That's right. Yeah. And, and you're here today, and you're sharing your life and your story and your testimony, and through it, hope and um, all that God can offer to people, yeah. and I just think that he's that good. Is, At the end of it so all, that's good. what I said. He's very, 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 very good, and and that's what we we choose. That's incredible, and and your honesty and vulnerability to share this. And I know, you know, you're on you're on other podcasts and shows, and and you travel and you speak. So I know that that you share your story, but I just think what a testament it is, and that we can choose to share our stories and to live in with some transparency so other people feel like they're not alone but yes. also know that there is there is a rock there is a foundation there is there is hope um and I, I think it's beautiful too that that your foundation is show hope yeah um so tell us, tell us now where where you and the kids are. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. Anything else yeah. crazy and unexpected in yeah. the last few years? Um, Stephen's still doing what Stephen does. Yes, he's just, as they do, as they do. He's just he's on tour right now, and um, he just. Um, he, well, bragging on him, he just had his 50th number one. Whoa! <laughs> Holy cow! You know, it says that he and I are old, um, <laughs> but. So grateful. That is so crazy. grateful for the longevity of him getting to do what he loves to do. And so many people have been a part of that journey. It's he we are it is not lost on us how many people have surrounded him and loved him and not not just his fans, but people in the industry, radio, managers, record labels, they just they've just all just been great and um and he is not lost on us wow. um so he's he's busy doing that and and I'm trying to spend more time you know going with him cuz we're kind of a little little almost completely empty nesters not quite but I'll get to that in a second Caleb and well Emily um Richards is my daughter and she she was uh executive director of Show Hope for a couple years but she's just stepped back from that because she's got three little girls okay. that she's raising um 12 
almost nine, almost eight. And um, so she's pretty involved in their life and still does a lot of um, advocacy work for Show Hope. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of consulting. She's actually gone today to Dallas to, to do some Show Hope work. She is a She's my theologian. That's what her master's is in. And wow. so she loves um, thinking critically about how to um, help um, advocate for the vulnerable foster care here, foster children, and then globally the orphan initiative and just... That's um, amazing. So she's still going to be doing a lot of work for Show Hope. So that's kind of her current current spot. And then my boys, Caleb and Will Franklin, if you want to hear what I believe is one of the best rock bands in the world, <laughs> Colony House, they're on a big tour right now. We just got back from New York watching them play in New York City and um, just they're out killing it. They're going to be gone for the next couple of months on tour colony house so they're doing that and they've got both of them have their wives here emily's husband here tanner if you've ever heard of let it shine in nashville he uh he uh runs the let it shine gym so if you need gymnastics go there um (laughs) but um anywho um so caleb is married to julia they have two littles um ollie and noble noble day and olive eloise oh and um and then will is married to sweet jillian who's She's Jillian Edwards, an artist, so she's busy in her own right, songwriting and um, working on all kinds of stuff. And um, so they have sweet little Willow Faye, and they call her Faye. And then, and then Showy, um, Shohanna is graduating in May with her master's in social work. She'll be done at the University of Alabama. And um, she's going to spend a little bit of time in South Africa this summer doing some stuff. And then we'll be at the game tonight, too, because our daughter, Stevie Joy, um, is a co-ed cheerleader for the University of Alabama. And so they play tomorrow, but we're going to go down and watch some of the games as well. But she also made Team USA. So she's wow. on the world Team USA. And so she is um, looks like she's going to be competing in April at the world competition How in um, Florida. Incredible. So we're going to go down and support her for for Team USA. So she's, wow. she does all the flipping and flopping and, co- you know, up yes. on top of a guy's hand. So she's four foot eight. And mighty. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, look at that legacy. Oh, it's so it's I mean, fun. Keeping us busy. Sometimes sometimes I like to look at families and say there's a reason that they have been through what they've been through. Yeah. Because- and she's a sophomore at the university. So. <laughs> I would have never said they'd be at University of Alabama either. That's crazy. That is You're crazy. going because is Arkansas playing? Arkansas. Arkansas. Yes, Arkansas. yes. Who they play? Woo Pigs. Um, we're playing Auburn, I believe. Okay. I we'll, we'll root for Arkansas. because we. Thank you. Like I appreciate it. We need we need all the all the help we can get. Yeah. yeah we can yeah. knock down those free throws. That would be great. Yes. Well, um, sorry that we sidebarred there at the end. Yeah. But <laughs> no. I have so enjoyed having you on, um, and I just can't wait to continue to know you and keep up with you. Yes. Um, and I'm just I'm so thankful that our paths have crossed. Me too. Um, and to that you have shared your story. Um, that you you've written so beautifully. Which guys, if you if you need a good read. I definitely suggest checking this book out. I have it on on Audible because, again, I fall asleep when I get still. That's okay. But I walk and I listen, and uh, it is so beautifully written, and it's like sitting down talking to you because you're Aww, so funny. Thank you. And you have a way with um, with with mixing in humor and also <laughs> pointing out where God is working, and I just think that is a gift in and of well, itself, Hannah, Mary Beth you. Chapman. Well, thank you for having me. You're a beautiful soul. Well, thank you. Um, I hope that all of you listeners today have gleaned something <laughs> from this conversation, and if nothing else, that that you're encouraged to see um, in those unexpected places how God um, works in them and how He can use them for the good, and He will use them for the he good. Does. Uh, I'm just going to declare that right now. Even if you can't see the end of it, even if you're in a fog or in a depression or in a state that you can't imagine seeing light again, um, God is still there. He is. And and you will see, you know, the end of the story one day because it's already written. That's right. So we love you guys. And Mary Beth Chapman, I love you. And I'm so thankful to have had you on today. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share this show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.